back in the bunker. We're back in the challenge house, if you want to call it a house. <laughs> We're back on YouTube, back on SoundCloud, back on iTunes, or I guess it's called Apple Music now. I'm John Chidley Hill. And my name is Sheldon Alexander. And this is You Killed It, the podcast about the challenge. We're picking up right where we left off with Total Madness. Literally, I don't know why, but I love it when they do this. We see the people coming back from the last elimination. <laughs> and people are sort of taking stock of the situation that Jordan's gone, mm-hmm. that Bear's gone. Starts with Wes and Bananas taking a lot of credit for throwing Jordan in. They're more focused on Jordan going in than Bear going in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they're feeling good. They're feeling good about their move. Um, I mean, I was calling this early section the people that are feeling themselves, right? Like, yeah, Western Bananas are, are patting themselves on the back here. You got Fessy and, Nel- Fessy and Nelson doing the same thing. But in terms of Western Bananas, they took the shot at Jordan because they know that Jordan is a tough out. Yep. And they know that Jordan is a tough, like, foe to face in a finale. And part of our arguments or what we were talking about last week in terms of the arguments between, you know, throwing in Corey against Fessy or Nelson was, well, now you're empowering that other side, that young buck side that are also yep. tough outs. But as you say all the time, you're trying to get rid of what you know in terms of Jordan, as opposed to what you don't know. Like, yeah, Fessy is a beast, but who knows how he would do in a final? Who knows how he would do in, like, let's say a puzzle elimination, which maybe you could still throw him into or something. So Mm -hmm. it it was interesting to see just how this all breaks down. And for Wes and Bananas, that's a good win for them. They made it to the halfway point and beyond. And especially for Bananas, who struggled the past few years, it's a pretty good look. The other thing about getting rid of Jordan to the benefit of the Young Bucks plus Fessy, I don't know if we can yet say that Fessy is part of Team Young Bucks. I think he is. I think he is. But also, you can count on Nelson shooting himself in the foot. (laughs) Right? Like, in terms of, like, known commodities, you can bank on Nelson turning the house against him getting distracted by a woman or whatever like there's there's certain things where you're like where jordan has such laser-like focus Mm -hmm. and intensity that like yeah you not only do you have to take that shot when you have it but it has to be a good shot like you better not miss with jordan yeah and they took it um i was also it was interesting hearing that nelson Corey fessy and Maddie mm-hmm. were really having the conversation. Yeah, it's an interesting group of people there. Uh, Corey and Maddie still need their red skulls, but still an interesting group. And also interesting that Kayla like walked into the sort of like kitchen workout <laughs> space, saw who was talking, and turned around and left. And they like immediately noticed. Yeah. And they're right. It is going to happen a lot, right? Yeah. It is, because now she's sort of like, she's losing her friends. She's losing her boo. She has to sort of like sit with her conscience. She goes seemingly almost immediately back to her room where Josh, 
I guess this was him starting to try to flip the house. I don't know what Josh is doing. Josh is just being Josh. And let's be serious about something, right? Josh's role so far on this series and every one of his appearances on the challenge is just to be loud. Right? He doesn't mm-hmm. he's not really good at challenges. He doesn't really make it that far. Like he's not really a threat to win. He just becomes loud and he he carries two or three episodes in the middle of the series by just being obnoxious and annoying. Yeah. Right? He gives you like a two to three episode story arc of just causing chaos in the house. That's basically Josh's role. Does it have anything to do with actual gameplay? No. Not really, no. but he'll it's tell you that, otherwise. It's funny that you bring this up because I was thinking watching this episode that although I dislike Josh, mm-hmm. he makes for good television. Like he's a yeah. good like mid-level antagonist because mm-hmm. he he's entertaining in his way. He's not entertaining the way Bear was. He's not entertaining the way Bananas or Wes are. Yeah. He's entertaining because he's like the straw that stirs the drink for better or for worse. And it, well, the thing is in all forms of media, right? It's yeah. are you entertaining? Do you make the people watching you feel something? And yep. Josh definitely invokes a reaction, <laughs> right? When you're watching him. It might not be a positive reaction, but hey, we're still watching and invoking. We have some reaction to him. One of the things that I know that you're a Big Brother watcher. I don't really watch Big Brother. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons why I stopped watching Big Brother, and this is like so nitpicky, but they, everyone that gets on that show seems to think that in confessional you have to shout. So like my (laughs) imitation of anyone on Big Brother is when they're in confessional. Yeah, I have to go do this now. Yeah. Or whatever. And yeah like it it drives me wild because i'm like you're in a like you're just speaking to camera in an empty room by yourself you can just like speak with a normal tone of voice you're right josh seems to be in that (laughs) mood all the time yeah so the big brother thing right you're totally right but the reason why it's like that is because there's literally nothing else going on on the show so the confessionals yeah. actually drive the entire episode. It's the narrator for everything, even so much more than this show, because, you know, there's actual conversations or more conversations that are had. There's like club scenes. There's like just different scenarios where people are just having a conversation that could drive the storyline. Whereas in Big Brother, for the most part, all of the real narration or real storylines are all driven through the confessionals yeah but with that said josh is still annoying oh he's very (laughs) annoying and one of the things i loved is while he is talking game with uh kayla and nani swaggy and bailey are chatting with wes and swaggy like gently suggests that maybe josh is on to the fact that they're an alliance he sort of reconstructs the narrative which yeah Fair play to Swaggy, I understand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Wes immediately, immediately goes, he's talking to the entire Holy Trinity right now. And Swaggy's like, yeah. And he's like, the women I've known for 10 years and that I'm friends with. <laughs> and Swaggy was like, yeah. And Wes is like, it'll be okay. <laughs> and he, here's the biggest, pro- the biggest point. Josh doesn't matter. <laughs> so no, the he fact doesn't. that Josh is like talking about, you know, 
he's going to flip the house. Well, he doesn't have the power to flip the house, for one. Two, this was a cool dynamic to watch occur because Josh even though he might be making sense, right? Like, hey, I got the I got the tea that Swaggy and Bailey are really working with Wes and Swaggy spilled the secrets to me. And Josh is right with the info and he goes to the other side yes. of the house and he's right. And it makes a lot of sense. But at the same time, when you really break this down, okay? If you had the chance, if you're in the challenge house, you, Mr. John Chidley Hill, are inside the challenge house and you come in the house you were on big brother so you come into the house thinking hey i'm gonna align with big brother people and one of those people is josh but then as you get into the house you realize that you know you kind of relate more you're, you're speaking on the same wavelength you're vibing with wes who are you gonna be aligned with more so in the house josh or wes obviously wes and everybody would make that decision, even if there were two Joshes and Josh had a twin brother that was also in the house. I'm going to go out on a limb and guess that Josh's twin brother would also rather work with Wes than work with Josh in the house. Yeah. So it was such a weird thing to watch play out. But at the same time, it's funny just because it's Josh. And I'm sure even Kayla and Nani, as much as they might like Josh as a person for their game this does nothing well and part of the problem with josh is the sales job he's making to them to try to flip the houses well he's coming for me next which first of all there is zero evidence to suggest <laughs> that wes is coming for josh next in fact yeah the evidence where wes said in front of many people josh i am never going to say your name and had had opportunities to throw yeah. Josh in and has passed him up mm -hmm. like also if you're sitting there you're Kayla and Nani uh, the whole and Jenna like the holy trinity and Josh says he's coming for me next so the, yeah <laughs> the next thing he says so, so? Right? like they have no stake in your success Josh Josh had himself an episode, which I'm sure we'll get to. Oh, we will. And, we you know, because, I mean, especially because, really, when you break it down, Josh was the biggest storyline in this episode, Josh and Swaggy. There's not really much going on in this episode, right? And then, No, it's a lot of political talk. Yeah. And speaking of said political talk, as we find out, you know, obviously Jenny got her skull early on, and... She had to beat Jenny, right? Do I have that yes. right? Jen, Jen had to beat Jenny. <laughs> Jenny beat Jen. Jenny beat Jen. Sorry, that's all right. We're I doing so your well. Hold on. It took how many episodes for me to mess up the Jen, Jenny, Jenna, right? Like that's the first time I've done that. So I'm, you I'm did quite, well. quite proud of myself. But I'm just glad that Kaylee's not in the house because then we'd have Jen, Jenny. Jenna, Kaylee, Kayla, uh, Kayla, and KC, <laughs> and Nani, <laughs> and Nani, yeah, yes, oh my god, um, craziness. But so Jenny, right? Jenny is mm -hmm. a target, and why is Jenny a target? Sometimes it just comes from the places you'd least expect. 
Her own friend D, out of the blue, out of nowhere, unprompted, no reason. She's talking to Rogan and she sits there with Rogan and she says, you know what? I'm thinking that I want to throw Jenny in because she's a strong player and I don't want to go against her in a final. Rogan seems thrown off by this, as he should be, as I was. Yeah. What was your reaction when this conversation started? Because to be honest, mine was just simply, D's the worst. D is the worst. <laughs> this was the scene where D leapfrogged Rogan as being the worst. I, and, I mean, the only thing... I'm, I would say in my, like people I hate on this show, I'd say that Nelson is still my least favorite person on the show. Okay. He did something on Twitter uh, last oh. night that I thought was really shitty and disgusting. I missed um, it. And I guess I'll bring it up at a later point. Okay. And you killed it. But in terms of... And then, like, Josh I find super annoying. But mm -hmm. at least Josh has... I guess a moral compass. Okay. Like I don't agree with Josh's decision making. And I think he's paranoid and emotional and tiresome. Mm -hmm. But D is like a different kind of dumb and like a worse <laughs> kind of dumb and like manipulative and in her own way paranoid. And just so you asked what my reaction was. The challenge posts clips on Instagram all day leading up to the episode. So I had watched this scene okay. on my phone before I actually like watched Saw the, the episode. Saw the episode. Yeah, yeah. I got you. And as it happened, like as I watched it, I was like, God fucking damn it, D. Like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. on so many levels, this is stupid and the wrong play. And even if it is something that, you know, because at its core, okay, I understand you might not want to face her in a final. So I, on one level, I can understand that. Definitely right now is not the time to make that move. But D was also, so like, let's, the sequence of events is important. Of D course. decided to put Jenny in against Jen instead of Tori. Correct. Pissing off Tori and Jordan. Correct. More so Jordan. And I know they're out of the house, but the likelihood of D playing against Jordan and Tori at some later date on some later season is super high. Correct. Even if Jordan and Tori never come back on the show, which is doubtful, mm -hmm. I'm sure they'll be back. Everyone has seen that she did that, that she yeah. broke her word. And she said, Jenny's my number one. She did. What is this? Like four weeks later, she's like, hmm. Now I'm scared of Jenny. <laughs> Which is what everyone said at the time. For sure. And Rogan. I mean, you know you're like in the wrong when Rogan is making points. Yeah. When I was he watching said, it when I was watching it and um Rogan's making points, I'm like, wow, I agree with Rogan here a lot. <laughs> like Rogan's a hundred percent right when he says You say that I'm your number one and Jenny's your number one for each respective gender. You're sitting here telling me that you want to throw in your number one woman, like, why wouldn't you throw me in? <laughs> like, yeah. Like, how am I supposed to trust you? And then I think my favorite part was D's like, yeah, like, 
I might just be crazy enough to do it. The question is, would you help me? And Rogan is like, no, I will not help you. <laughs> like, this is a bad idea. And, he, uh... and it's not just... It's not just that it's a bad idea for all the reasons that we spoke about, but if D makes any rumblings about Jenny going in, everyone's going to, like, be on to Rogan. Everyone's yeah. going to say... I thought Jenny was your number one. That's fucked up. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no one's going to have her back on this. And on top and of this, so, really well liked. Yeah. On top of her mistake is that you're telling Rogan this thinking that you and Rogan are all are all good and you're not right. So you you guys have found a way to play nice. But on top of that, while you guys continue to just play nice Rogan is clearly just pretending. She might still have a thing for him, right? She was trying to get Rogan jealous because of Jay and all that. And cool, we get that. Rogan just decided that the easier path for him was just to play nice with D. But he's not all in on no. D. He doesn't even really care. So that's where her next mistake is confiding in Rogan and thinking that Rogan isn't going to go open his mouth because of course he's going to go open his mouth because it's Rogan and he doesn't trust you but anyways he has every reason to not trust her because she also just finished saying I'm going to throw my number one also (laughs) you're one of my number ones like exactly Um, just so dumb well I was going to say might not be the number one competitor but definitely the number one person in your heart Mm-hmm. Big T. Poor Big T. Poor Big T. I mean, we kind of knew this was going to happen, but it was still it's always still weird to see when it actually does happen. And the thing that was cool was you saw how beloved she is by the rest of the cast. Right? Like everyone was like rushing to like hug her. I think you saw like Mel with some tears as Big West T was leaving. Upset. Yeah. Right. You could tell that she was really well liked within the house. So that was a tough way to go out. And especially someone who finally came out of their shell and opened up personality wise, but also just came in with a different mentality to actually play the game. And I think that part of it, you know, it kind of makes you wonder and and hope to see her back because you, you got a glimpse of a character within the house but also someone who isn't afraid and who actually wants to play the game a little. So that was tough to see Big T get kicked off. And then when you break down why she got kicked off, you know, because she like slipped off the bed and and sliced her toe. It's like, ah, that really sucks. That's a tough one. She was clearly in better shape than her first season. Yeah. As you said, she's beloved. She's still trying to figure out the political game, Mm -hmm. but I hope we see Big T back. I and also so. say, I understand why they had to uh, say that she was no longer medically cleared because they challenged the competi- the daily competition they were doing. Tunnel rats <laughs> would have been the literal worst thing to do with like a fresh open wound. Like, yeah, it would have like she would have gotten an infection, but she still might have done better than Josh's team. Yeah. <laughs> so let's let's talk about what they had to do. Yeah. Um, so the daily competition, as I said, was Tunnel Rats. Mm-hmm. Um, as I said on, I think it was the preview episode that it you was. and I did. Uh, this is clearly not actually a sewer system, but a cistern, which is where you store water mm-hmm. for drinking. 
So it's water that has not been filtered, but is going to be filtered. They have to drop into these holes, mm-hmm. which I think it was D or Melissa actually did, DJ Mel, that is, did the thing that I was worried would happen, and that is they're hanging from bars and then they have to let go and drop through this hole and i forget one of them hit their elbows on the way down i think it was mel and the and way that, that they a- sh- the way they shot that was super cool too because it was kind of like they edited it in slow motion and it was just yeah. really cool how they put that together because she was super she was so they have to drop into this chamber i guess into pretty deep water where there's uh, five puzzle pieces per team. They have to gather their puzzle pieces, swim uh, to like the end of the chamber, climb up this thing, run through the tunnels carrying the puzzle, and then it's a standard sort of like puzzle that they have to put together. Um, and I think that the significant thing that we have to talk about is that Swaggy, who Josh is swearing that he's going to get rid of, yeah, and Josh are on the same team, and Swaggy falls into the water, and immediately panics. Panics, yeah. like in Anissa's words, and Anissa's been around the block. <laughs> I've never seen the divers have to save someone so fast. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you can kind of understand it. They mentioned how cold the water was. Yeah. If you're afraid of heights and if you're because there's a difference between being able to swim and then being comfortable in the water. Right. Like there's a there's a huge difference there. Right. I think that if you're if you can swim, but you're not comfortable in the water, dropping in from that high and it's dark, which is another thing that I I think, you know, because we're seeing it through the lens of a camera that obviously has a light above it doesn't really lead us to see how dark it would be from the perspective of the competitors. Do you know what I mean? That's a whole other thing that we wouldn't really be able to comprehend. So I think that part was kind of odd. But either way, you add in the heights, you add in the cold water, you add in the darkness, you add in the fact that you almost land on other people. (laughs) And yeah, yeah, Swaggy was just, he was panicked. And Anissa's joke, you know, she added in and he's wearing a life jacket <laughs> which again if once that tells you how much he's panicking because if you just know that you're wearing a life jacket you know that you can't drown or you, let me rephrase that you have to try really hard to drown in a life jacket so i i do have a question for you okay how panicked do you think swaggy was like for real so I was going to ask you this. This is one of my questions. Like, do you think he was trying to throw it? Yeah, that's what I'm suggesting. I I wonder if he looked at who was on his team and knew that his crew was going to be beefing with Josh. Mm-hmm. Saw that his wife and his closest ally uh, were on other teams. Hmm. And thought, you know what? Maybe I don't need to... Uh, really give it my all maybe i can just take myself out of this one it did cross my mind here's the thing though again though so the medic saved him really quickly Mm -hmm. i also just think their team had a bad strategy 
because I mean Josh was the one they set out to go twice but if you remember in the first go round Nelson couldn't swim right yeah so Nelson got his and then he passed it off to was it Jenny I think to whoever it doesn't matter he passed it off to another one of his teammates and then Fessy went and like helped Nelson swim back the point I'm making here is as Swaggy, you didn't even have to like swim the whole way. Meaning, as Josh, you don't have to do the whole thing. You could have yep. split it in half, had someone else help. Like The strategy that they went about it was just terrible anyways. And then on top of that, the puzzle. I mean, even if Swaggy is throwing it, that doesn't change the fact that Josh was just horrible at putting together the puzzle. So I, did Swaggy I, help the team? Probably not. No. But they were pretty screwed regardless. I love the scene with Josh trying to solve the puzzle because Anissa, who is super good at puzzles, like it's mm -hmm. her greatest strength. He's like, Anissa keeps interrupting me. Like, no, you keep interrupting Anissa. <laughs> like, get out the way, bud. And yeah. um, well, I Josh, loved... this this was like I don't know if Josh was like I've been too quiet so far. So all of a sudden he gets to this episode and he's thinking, all right, this is going to be the Josh episode. Here I am. Huh. Because even just before they went, he's like pounding his chest, like hyping himself up. I'm like, what is this guy doing? Like, what what's going on right now? It was so weird. And I even liked the chirp that Wes gave. What did Wes call him? Called him like a Ninja Turtle or something. Yep. Like, <laughs> it was just funny. Johnny started chirping him and said like, Josh, that, that puzzle piece you have in your hand, it has to go in the puzzle. Um, because Josh is so easily rattled. Like, Johnny shouting that got Josh to, like, stop and look at him for, like, 10 seconds. And you never see that happen, right? No. When do you ever see that happen in a challenge where, because they're always chirping. But the people yeah. involved never are paying attention. But they were here. But I, here, here's a tension where it builds between Swaggy and and Josh because Josh is just blatantly calling out Swaggy and saying that you know Swaggy cost them even though Josh was the one struggling to put together the puzzle so you could even argue that as much as Swaggy slowed them down with the swim Josh slowed them down with the puzzle but that's not how Josh is seeing it is it no no it's not I did want to say this is my moment where I'm gonna say something nice about Nelson who okay. continues to be one of the worst people on this show. Mm -hmm. But I will give him credit because he mentioned that he's been taking swimming lessons in the off-season. Yeah. And I respect the fact that he's working on the weaknesses in his game. Yeah, I agree. That oh, was my nice thing to say about Nelson as well. Yeah, like, and I will say that like, I believe that swimming is a life skill. And mm -hmm. so like, good on him for like improving himself. Yeah. There's a lot of other ways that he should be improving himself, like learning to respect women <laughs> and maybe seeing a therapist about some of the issues he's clearly harboring. Yep. But I will say, good on you, Nelson, for working on your swimming. Not just for the purpose of the show, but like I said, it's a life skill. So that's yeah. my nice thing about Nelson. Agreed. And, you know, I think I wrote down my nice thing to say about Nelson is he's taking swimming. Now he's taking. Sw I was about to say he's taking swimming Nelson's. That's what I was about <laughs> to say. <laughs> but 
my nice thing to say about Nelson, though, is that he's taking swimming lessons. Can he swim? No, but he tried. Yeah. That's my nice thing to say about Nelson. He tried. He, he tried. <laughs> um, so Wes's team wins. So hold so on, hold on, hold on, hold on. One thing, though, that's kind of important, that's not really important, but I need to make fun of Josh because I'm going to use every epi- every chance I get to make fun of Josh in this episode. Okay. He freaks out at the end, right? Like yeah. when his team finishes, he's getting so mad again, and Maddie has to be the voice of reason, and she's just like, dude, chill out, calm down. And she says, why are you even getting this mad when it's a women's elimination anyways? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And he doesn't really have a good answer because it's a great question. <laughs> and yeah, as you mentioned, as we move on, Bailey, Nani, Corey, D, and Wes are the winners. And my first thought, John, was there aren't that many women to choose from going no. forward. No, they're the the numbers are narrowing down. Like it's getting to the point where people are have to put people in who are in their alliance or their yeah. friends. Yeah, yeah. But right, especially with double eliminations, mm-hmm. especially with um, a tribunal of five people, mm-hmm. like someone is going to is not going to be able to advocate for their alliance member or their uh, friend or their partner or whatever. Yeah, one thing I think that's really cool is. I should have said this off the top because to me, this is the theme of the episode. Huge salute to the women on this show because I think they were playing the game as the producers intended this season to be played, meaning all these women want the smoke. So as we mentioned, right, there's only so many people that you can choose from, but it didn't matter because the majority of the girls wanted to go in. And I thought that was super refreshing and just a different angle to see because the guys, it was a complete opposite. You might have, you know, Jordan wanted to go in, but for the most part, it wasn't that game at all, right? And I think seeing how it went for Fessy last week and seeing, you know, okay, well, I might as well just go in when I want to go in because you got to go in at some point. So, and you're getting closer and closer to the end. I just love that how many of the women stepped up to say, no, 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 I want to go in. Even with D trying to play her games where she thinks she's being a master strategist and letting Nani and Bailey kind of say Jenny's name without saying Jenny's name. And I love that Nani called her out like, oh, she thinks she's slick, but yeah, yeah, yeah we're on to you. Don't you think that the strategy for D at this point should be like, I guess there's no catching up to Jenny in terms of fitness, mm-hmm. but like, just, just have faith that like, you're both going to the final and you can let the chips fall where they may. Here's the thing. Her strategy should be to lay low and not give anyone a reason to throw you back into an elimination because you already have your skull. So just sit back and don't ruffle any feathers and, you know, take your shot in the final. Don't give people a reason. And someone who did give people a reason was Jenna. She, We see her going to call Zach. Zach's not answering the phone. 
she says that then she's telling Kayla about it or Nani, I think it is. And she says she doesn't blame him because she's the one that fucked up. Now, did she give him the, you know, all her passwords and all that to go through? No, but she understands. And at this point, I'm with Nani. I'm just overhearing Jenna whine about Zach. Like, I get it. Either just leave or don't leave. But I don't mm-hmm. want to hear about it anymore. And that's me yeah. watching a TV show. I can't even imagine what it would have been like to be in the house and be at that situation where you're just hearing her over and over again discuss her issues and problems with Zach. Well, we see that later on, too. Um, oh, yes, we do. <laughs> where uh, after the nomination ceremony, and we got to talk about the nomination ceremony, but we're on the topic of Jenna, so mm-hmm. bear with me here. Johnny and Jenna are speaking at the club much further on in the episode. And she's basically complaining about the situation and she's mad at Johnny because he made a comment about how Jenna's checked out. Yeah. And he Johnny's totally right. He says, you need to stop putting that energy in the air. Like people, it's a topic because you're making it a topic. Correct. Don't like, give people a reason. Process it internally. Don't give people a reason. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah. The, the tribunal is going to be Bailey, Nani, Corey, D, and Wes after yeah. they win Tunnel Rats. Yes. Which, of course, they do because it's a competition where Wes has to swim and solve a puzzle, which are the two things he does best. Yeah. There was odds makers and you could bet on who was going to win that challenge. That would have been a safe bet. So they nominate. Uh, sh- sorry, we have the nomination ceremony, the voting ceremony. Which before, was super low-key, first off. Yeah. <laughs> for because once. Bef- for once. Because before anyone can say anything, Casey is like, I'd like to go in. Does mm-hmm. anyone object to that? And everyone's like, no, that's okay. And then Anise is like, I would also like to go in. Is that okay with everybody? And everyone's like, that's okay. And then this is a... There's a moment that like spurred on a question for me. Mm-hmm. And that is Josh starts <laughs> saying like well, here's what's going to happen. The like tribunal the tribunal is going <laughs> to put in really tough competition cuz you're both really good. And there's a moment where Rogan is like, "Oh yeah, tell us more, Josh." <laughs> and it made me ask. It made me wonder and I noted down Sheldon, do you think everyone in the house is also kind of sick of Josh? Of course, because there's people who talk and then there's people who talk to just hear their own voice. And Josh is one of the people who just talks to hear his own voice. I I'm, I really, really think that Josh's strategy on the challenge is to be quiet in the beginning to ensure that he makes it through the first couple episodes. Then... He's just going to start arguing with people and just start talking and and trying to start fights just so that he becomes a story arc in the middle of the season before ultimately getting eliminated because he's not good at the challenge. And we're just in this point. I swear if we read Josh's diary, it would be like, okay, this is about episode seven or eight. I think I need to have my run of looking like a fool because what is he even talking about? Because as we just mentioned, the numbers are dwindling anyways. So the amount of people, there was only one person's name who didn't have to be mentioned at all. One. So is it that far-fetched to think that if you're one of the girls, you would just say, you know what? 
just throw me in anyways. I want to go in. I want to be on the, I'd rather go in mentally prepared to go in than to have to go down there and sit and wait and then beg for votes and then see who they're going to vote in and then see what the challenge is. Like, I'd rather just be like, no, I want to go in. I want to get my skull put me in right now. I don't care who I'm going in because I think that also sends a message to everyone else that I don't even care who I'm going in against. So yeah. if we can sit on our couches and understand that, how can't Josh? Like, how is Josh's theory, which doesn't make sense again, you think the tribunal is going to give you what you want? Well, they're not. They haven't said what they want because they just said they don't care. They want to go in. That's why they're volunteering. There's not someone that they want to go in against. They just want to go in the elimination. So Josh's whole point makes no sense. He's frustrating. And we haven't even gotten to the most frustrating part yet. <laughs> no, we have not. <laughs> and I can't wait to talk about that. Oof. So we have a very smart scene. Okay. Where Rogan and Jenny are outside at the smoker's table. Hold on, hold on. Can I ask you one question, though, before we skip ahead? Yeah. Banana says credit to the girls for being for making him look like a wussy like he's you can tell he's saying it kind of in jest but he also kind of means it like he applauds their strength for saying hey I want to go in his strategy is just obviously way different do you think this should change the guy's point of view in terms of how they've been going at it so far because most of the guys have been like no I don't want to go in yeah I do and he like the only one who wanted to go in was CT. Mm -hmm. And like, I say this like every episode and of You Killed It, but like, and Fessy, and Fessy wanted to go in. But those, that's the right strategy, right? Like, you need the Red Skull, and it's only getting tougher. Yeah. Like, I like Bear as a competitor. I almost said I like Bear as a person, which is too far. But, <laughs> um,. Like, Bear, in terms of who's the toughest out, is, in my mind, one of the lower ones. Like, Agreed. right now, I'd say Josh and maybe Swaggy are the weakest. Okay. And, like, there's only so many Joshes and Swaggies and Bears and even Jays mm -hmm. out there. Yeah. Right? Like, eventually, you're going to get a Corey or a Wes or a Johnny and, yeah. like... It's a problem. Like, like those are not easy guys to beat by any stretch. So, you want you want to go against a bear or a, a, a or a I'm blanking on his name or a Josh a or Josh, a Swaggy. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like. No, for sure. So it's going to be interesting. I want to see what happens next week. But sorry, we were talking, we were moving ahead, and I interrupted you. You're setting up okay. D or well, D getting exposed as Rogan goes to Jenny and spills the tea, as the kids say. Yeah. First of all, I love that D was like, "Don't tell anyone this," and he um not immediately, but he quickly tells the person who he most definitely should not be telling. Although it's. To Rogan's credit, it's a game move. Mm -hmm. And in confessional, he's like, listen, I can't have any fun while D is here. Like, <laughs> she is raining on my parade. I don't trust her. Who is I Rogan trying to have fun with? See, that's what I want to know. Hmm. Maybe we'll find out later. Maybe we'll find out. 
we'll see how this all pans out for him. But he is totally right and goes to Jenny. And Jenny is deeply offended and hurt and makes the point that's very fair. Jenny has a lot of integrity. And she's not going to put up with someone not treating her with that same kind of integrity. Yeah. And, and Rogan actually makes a really good point to her where he says, hey, don't cause a fuss right now. Lay low, because right now Dee's in the tribunal and she has the power. Yeah. So don't cause a fuss. Play yeah. it cool. Next week, next time there's a woman's elimination, you and I will win and then and we'll throw her in. Yeah. That's what we're going to do. It's a good plan. And sound, sound plan, sound strategy. Keep it a tight circle. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, they go to the club, the bar, which looks <laughs> a nice. new club, a new club, a new club, no longer the hangar. Yeah, was it called Nebe? I don't, I don't remember. Nebe? I was just too was excited about it being a new club that I didn't even take note of what the club's name was. I gotta say, shout out to this season for having arguably the nicest looking bars and clubs they've been to in a long time. Shout out to the Czech Republic where they know how to party. This was a nice spot. A nice spot. Uh, interesting that it seems like they were the only ones in the club. Like yes. It's not, it, there was clearly a private booking, probably like a Tuesday night or something. Mm-hmm. And two significant things happened. Let's start with the smaller one. And that is Jenny, who is friends with D, notices that D is avoiding her, not making eye contact. Yeah. Lending credence to what Rogan said to her. Because like if D had been friendly... Jenny made have, maybe would have had like that doubt in her mind where she's like, okay, Rogan's like lying to me. He's playing some sort of manipulative game. But the fact that D is staying way the fuck away from her friend Jenny and like being weird, mm-hmm. weird body language, Jenny's like, okay, something definitely is up. The yeah. mistake that Jenny makes is that she starts sort of talking about it. And I'm not saying it blows up this episode. No. But, like, that's, she could have kept a lid on it. And she, she said, clearly, someone told me. Someone yeah. told me. That's what she said. Because, you know, this obviously leads right into the Swaggy and Josh argument. But while Jenny's rambling about D, uh, she's like, does she trust me? Is she going to throw me in? And Swaggy or someone says, nah, D wouldn't do that. That's your friend. And she's like, well, that's not what someone told me. And yeah. it's like, okay. Not great. Then we get the Josh, and because Josh and Bananas are talking about people being fake, and then Swaggy just jumps in and calls Josh a hypocrite. So if we let's break this down, right? Because we'll say that Swaggy started this from what we saw for no reason, right? If we're to believe Bananas, that Bananas and Josh were talking about something, and then Swaggy just jumped in and called Josh a hypocrite, okay, cool. Swaggy, you're wrong there, okay? Josh then sees a camera, sees that it's his moment to shine. And they just start going back and forth. And I'm going to be really honest with you. I wrote down, I have no idea what they're arguing about right now. (laughs) Because they were just like yelling back and forth at each other, but not really saying anything. I guess they were calling each other fake. You're not fake. 
or I'm not fake. You're fake. You're phony. You're a liar. You're this. And it was just like, wait, what is the actual argument about right now? It was so odd that they were just going back and forth. So, so I, think I don't I can know. explain it. Okay. I think I have insight. So, like I know what's underlying, but I'm saying yeah. directly right here in the moment what they were saying at each other. Like Josh so, didn't say, hey, you pretended to be my friend, but now you're going behind my back and now you're working with Wes and everybody knows it. That would have been an argument that we'd be able to follow along with sure. and be like, Josh, I understand why you're mad. For sure. But here's the thing. And this is one of the many problems that there are with Josh. Okay. The original disagreement is, as you said, as Johnny said, Johnny and Josh are talking about how everyone is fake in the house. Mm-hmm. Swaggy says, Josh, you're a hypocrite because you're fake. <laughs> Josh takes umbrage with that. He doesn't like it. Fair. Fair. And starts shouting about it. And Swaggy says, hey, man, you don't have to shout about it. Like, you're always like this. Yes. Don't shout. Yeah. And so then the argument shifts yeah. where it's really about should Josh be shouting like this? <laughs> and Bailey and Swaggy are like, you don't need to shout right now, bro. And everyone else is saying, like, calm down, Josh. And Josh is getting more and more heated. And I think part of the problem is, I'm going to go out on a limb here, but I think Josh has been told his entire life to calm down. <laughs> so I think that when he gets told to calm down, he gets more heated. Yeah. Because he's like, everyone always fucking tells me to calm down. I don't need to calm down. And I will say this, for all of Josh's many faults. Mm-hmm. I would not say he's fake. I would say he is genuine to a fault. Like, I think it would work to Josh's advantage if he was more fake. Interesting. Like, he speaks what he's feeling, what he's thinking all the time. Interesting. Regardless of what anyone, regardless of who's around, who's listening, what impact it might have on him. Josh says what he's saying, what he's thinking, what he's feeling. I think it's bad that he does it, but like I, I can't say that he's fake. Yeah, it's it's interesting, right? Because to me, Swaggy did the he was antagonizing Josh, right? By oh yeah, Josh is getting more mad, and then Swaggy's root in arguing with Josh or to combat Josh was to play the role of why are you being so loud? I'm talking to you normally, and you're getting more mad, which. I get and I understand, but also Swaggy knows what he's doing in the moment, right? And so Josh Josh being fake, Swaggy being fake, they're going back and forth. But the turning point here, which again, I might kind of blame Swaggy when you get up and walk away while calling someone a pussy, you might be the one trying to escalate things to the next level and start a fight, okay? So I'm going to say Swaggy's in the wrong. You should not call someone a pussy and walk away because to me, that's you instigating the fight, but then de-escalating it at the same time. Like I'm supposed to sit there and take you calling me a pussy while you just walk away. So I'm going to blame Swaggy there. But then 
in an even worse move. And I rewound it because not until Maddie said it, I didn't even notice that Josh did it. But Josh, as Swaggy's walking away, grabs his drink and throws his drink at Swaggy as Swaggy's walking away. And I didn't even notice it at first. I had to rewind yeah. it and be like, wow, that is actually what he did, which is the wackest move ever, ever. You throw the drink, and on top of that, threw the drink as my guy's walking away, then waited for security to come, <laughs> stood back to let security get in between the two of you, and then started yelling. Yeah, I wanna, I wanna be clear. I agree with you that Swaggy was purposely antagonizing Josh, mm -hmm. which is also shoot like shooting fish in a barrel. Like it's very easy to antagonize Josh. True. But also the way Josh conducted himself was in like completely out of hand yeah. and completely like not necessary. Nobody could calm him down. He stood on the bar to scream. Adam and like I forget who it was. I think it was Rogan said, <laughs> "Well, now we're never coming back to this bar." Yeah, Which, I don't think, think we're going to get invited it, back. <laughs> sucks, right? Like they are in a <laughs> literal bunker with no windows. Yeah, they're only allowed outside to do competitions and for smoke breaks. Mm -hmm. And you just like got us essentially booted out of a super nice bar that we had to ourselves. But it's not even just that. It's like when Swaggy's calling Josh fake, this is the fake part of Josh. Yeah. Right? Like okay. you're yelling and screaming now, pretending like you want to fight when you can see my guy being held back by three security guards. Right? You threw the drink at him as he was walking away, then waited for security to get in between. If you throw the drink as you're going to go fight him, it's still a soft move. But at least you're not waiting for security for the hold me back special. But Josh would just straight hold me back. Standing on the bar yelling made absolutely no sense. And then Swaggy gave me my line of the episode here. Where Swaggy in his confessional says, Josh is a six foot one marshmallow. The fact that he <laughs> threw a drink at me and then hid behind security is the bitchiest thing he could have done. And I would like to emphasize that... In the wise words of Jay-Z, not a bitch in the sense of having a pussy, but a pussy having no goddamn sense. Meaning, not as in female. Right? Just yeah. lamest, wackest thing you could possibly do if you're Josh. It's so true. You threw a drink at him and then hid behind security. And like six foot one marshmallow, that's a pretty good, it's a pretty good chirp. It's funny because... My line of the episode was at around the same point when Rogan <laughs> says to the bar, anyone that can handle their drink, do you want a shot? <laughs> it Which was, good. was hilarious. Yeah. And also made a fair point that, you know, we, a few minutes ago, were giving credit to Nelson mm -hmm. that he worked on his swimming in the offseason. Hold on. Where was Nelson in the bar? I don't even remember seeing Nelson in the bar. But anyways, I think he was there. I think he was just like hanging out. My bad. Um, there's a lot of people we didn't like. We didn't see a ton of Wes. Like we sort of saw Wes react. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like we didn't see a lot of like 
I guess we had a small scene with Nani and Anissa and Casey in the bar, but like we, there's a lot of people we didn't see a lot of. Yeah. Um, but Rogan is sort of alluding to a fair point about Josh. Josh is an emotional person at the best of times. Correct. But he's worse when he drinks. And I'm not saying that he has a drinking problem, but I am saying maybe he should consider how he interacts with alcohol when he's on this show. Because it's not to his benefit. Like, he... Like, yeah. It's just adding fuel to the fire. And, like, in terms of, like, the off-season, because, like, there's no way Josh wins this season. <laughs> if, like... Do you remember, I think the first time we had Wes on You Killed It, he told mm-hmm. us how he would go back and basically take notes, not just on how he played the game, but how he conducted himself as a human being hmm. and, like, learned from them and, like, it helped his growth and maturity. For sure. Josh should be doing that. Like, Josh now has a season of Big Brother. This is his third season of the challenge. Something like that. Josh, in all sincerity, should be going back, rewatching these episodes and be like, you know what? Maybe people have a point. Maybe I do get too emotional. Maybe, although my feelings might be valid, I need to find healthier ways to express them. Maybe getting drunk and standing on a bar and shouting at people isn't the way I want to present myself. But... I'm going to say this, and I'm playing devil's advocate because I don't know Josh at all, but you're correct if you're playing with the assumption that Josh is here actually trying to win the challenge, which I'm sure everybody goes on trying to win the challenge, but I'm just saying there's levels to that, and I think Josh is way more focused in on trying to be on TV than he is trying to win the challenge. Because, you know, just think of different people. As you mentioned, Wes is a great example. CT is a great example. Even Nani, who had a setback in this season. But for the most part, we've seen them. Anissa is another example. The more and more they come on the show, the less antics there are. And the more focused or the more chill and laid back it is because they're just worried about the game and anything that doesn't actually involve the game arguments that doesn't involve that no time for it really and I just think Josh is the opposite because all we've seen from him every single season is his nature of just I'm gonna start arguments I'm gonna you know play as if I'm running the house and I'm leading the votes which ultimately just leads to him getting into arguments and proving that he's not really running anything. Mm-hmm. As opposed to if he was just quiet, he could play his position in the background, and he could float pretty close to a final if he didn't cause trouble. But he's Josh. Jordan Reginato asks, Why is there more male drama than female drama during female elimination weeks? Uh, as I said, I think it's just it was just Josh's time. He saw Nelson getting too much shine, and he thought, "Hey, I gotta, I gotta make a comeback here." That's my theory. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's some credence to that. I also think that a big part of both Josh and Nelson's mentality is 
they have a lot of insecurities and they want to feel empowered. And in female elimination weeks, they have no power. Yeah. Because it's not about them. Mm-hmm. And so because they're feeling helpless and insecure and vulnerable, they act out because they're trying to empower themselves in any way they can. Yeah. Whereas a more secure person, like we always use Wes and Bananas as examples, but let's use a Fessy as an example. Mm-hmm. Fessy doesn't seems like a secure guy, secure dude. He's not concerned. No. Because he doesn't, he's, he's content. And he's focused on the game. Yeah. Like the game and winning, sorry. Speaking of the game, we have the tribunal. They select Jenny, Kayla, Jenna, and Melissa. And the reasoning's interesting. Jenny, as we suggested, at D's bidding is being brought in. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kayla has made it clear that she wants to go in and get a red skull. Correct. Jenna, there's all the talk that she's checked out mentally. And Corey says, and I like how Corey's been using the tribunal when he wins. He uses it as an opportunity to speak game. Yep. Where he can have frank conversations with people he doesn't know well. Mm -hmm. And so with Melissa, he says, I don't know Melissa. Yeah. I'd like to, and everyone's like, yeah, that's fair. Like, let's hear, let's air out where Melissa stands. And I like how he basically says that to her. Yeah. And she goes, oh, well, you know what? I'll do, like, I'll make you a priority. And he rightly says, hold on, though. You and Kyle are very good friends. And he, like, lists all the people, all the guys she's tight with. He's like, that puts me around seventh. I don't know that you have anything to offer me. (laughs) Yeah, it was a good back and forth. And she said, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I can at least be a number if you want to go into the elimination. I can at least promise to be a number for you. And if you're Corey, you got to take that because he wants to go in next week or it sounds like he does anyways. So if you're Corey, you got to take that from from Mel. Um, I found it interesting, though, just how this all broke down. And even Jenny, the only question I had out of the nominations or out of the uh, what is this? Yeah. Nomination ceremony or whatever the deliberation, whatever we want to call this was. Did Jenny expose her lack of a social game? Well, I want to make a distinction. I think Jenny has excellent social game. I think she's one of the most liked people. She has terrible political game. Okay, yes. Okay. Because she, you're right, she just rambled. I even wrote down, what is she talking about? Like, I didn't understand, and I'm not, like, carving her on her accent. I mean, the content of what she was saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, nowhere in that rambling answer. Like, totally we are all dumber. For, all she had to say was, like, listen, I'm surprised I'm here. Mm-hmm. I have a red skull already i think we all know that i am a physically dominant competitor and if you put me into purgatory i'm coming back yes just take a page out of fessy's book you can put me in if you want but just know chances are i'm coming back and i'll be coming after you yeah that's all yeah that's fine and also maybe like accentuate like hey I like and respect all of you. Like I thought, D, you and I are friends, and so and just and then 
Just like say less. Did you notice that Weston talk? Yeah. <laughs> I found but that interesting. That is so smart though. Yeah, like, there's that no is need smart to. gameplay. There's no need to. Yeah, there's no need to. I understand that. Well, so we get to the purgatory. Right? And yep. right off the bat, you can't really tell what the the challenge is, but before that, we get to find out who is going in. And they end up picking Kayla and Jenna. And I was kind of surprised that Jenna wanted to go in, but we'll get to this after. Okay. So, first matchup. I have a theory, so we'll circle back. For sure. So, first matchup was Casey versus Kayla. And let's be honest, Casey just waxed her. Like, it wasn't even close. Yeah. And someone, oh, do you know who it was? It was Josh. Because I was like, Josh, you're a moron. I think Josh said, I'm really surprised with how well Casey did against her. Or how dominant Casey was against her. Or no, sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm misquoting Josh, and I don't want to misquote him and then make fun of him. I think what he said was, I was really surprised with how well Casey did. And I thought, why are you surprised that a tackle football player (laughs) is pretty good at lifting medicine balls? Yeah. Like, why would you be surprised by that? We should say the competition was called Bombs Away. And essentially, they had to stand in a dumpster... Yep. And it, the bombs, the air quotes bombs, were just medicine balls of different sizes. Yeah. And like, yeah, Casey is very fit. And like, Kayla's fit too, but Kayla is lean. Yeah. Casey is muscular. Like, this is the perfect competition for Casey. Like, what, like you said, what is Josh talking about? Yeah, I messed up. It wasn't Josh, it was D. Oh. Same well, thing. Still. <laughs> Same same tier of intelligence. <laughs> My bad. I apologize to Josh. I take back the one bad thing I said about you. But everything else that I said bad about you in the episode, I meant what I said. But D, yeah. <laughs> I'll say the same thing to you. <laughs> what are you talking about? That you underestimated Casey. Made no sense. But yeah. here we are. Here we are. And then Jenna versus Anissa... Yes. Very close. I actually counted. Anissa won by only seven balls. Yeah. And early on, Jenna was winning by a lot. And people were saying, like, oh, shit. Like, Jenna's about to, like, ace Anissa. Maybe we should just, like, let Jenna be, like, a basket case about her relationship with Zach Mm -hmm. and stop putting her in. Because she's just going to, like, ace people. And the, over the, and over again. The key to this challenge, too, was obviously it was about endurance and strength, but more so endurance and your decision making in terms of lifting the heavier balls first. Because once you get towards the end, you probably don't want to be lifting those heavier, right, medicine balls. And I think Casey did a really good job. Like she just got to a point where she was cooking and just like you could see her just tossing. It looked like she was just tossing them over her shoulder. It was so easy towards the end. And I think Jenna might have ran out of gas. Whereas Anissa is obviously stronger than Jenna, which was a help here. And as long as your endurance is up, Anissa was able to pull out the victory. And I was surprised. I thought Jenna, at one point, especially how they cut it together, I thought that Jenna was going to win. But yeah, Anissa, the elimination queen. (laughs) 
I I do want to point something out that Anissa did that none of the other women did that was smart. She Anissa did two things intelligently. The first thing okay. was when she hugged Casey after Casey won, she's like, how heavy are the balls? Like she got oh, some I intel. didn't notice that. Okay. And Anissa was the only one to throw the medicine balls out of the like lower lip of the ah. Everyone else was throwing them over the sides, which were higher. Good call. And like that doesn't sound like a big deal, but there was what? How many balls would you say? A hundred. No, there were a hundred. They said there were a hundred balls. So like if you have to do that motion a hundred times and you're saving yourself a foot, at least on like 50 of the balls, mm-hmm. that helps in the long run. Yeah, I mean, in theory, if you're cutting down the height that you're doing in half in comparison to the other person, that adds up over the 100 balls, right? So for sure. Totally right. Yeah. Good catch there. Good catch for sure. Thank you. Um, Lucas Wyatt wants to know, or he suggests, that Kayla and Jenna quit. And I so, think we both have theories about what was going on here. So let's hear your thoughts. Yeah, so this is what I was going to say about Jenna, right? Like... I called it a couple weeks ago when, you know, it was the whole decision-making process and when she threw herself in. And for a multitude of reasons, TJ would have been pissed. I'm sure producers would have been pissed. She didn't throw it. She ended up beating Tori. And I think that, you know, she wasn't going to throw it blatantly. And she did try and she did win. But even at the time, I said, oh, now watch Jenna lose next week. Well, next the next elimination comes around and despite her continuously saying I don't want to go in I want to be here I want to be here they still threw her in even with Nani being a part of it like it all just made no sense it all just seems way too convenient and then Kayla for whatever reason wanting to leave right after Bear the whole Bear relationship thing made no sense like the parts that we saw anyways but her oh here's bear's ring and as soon as she mentioned the ring that bear gave her i was like i hope she loses but the way that it played out it makes it seem as if both of them were just like yeah we got we got shit to like manage back home and we'll give it a go but yeah, might as well just both go in now. And if we go home, we go home. And I could see Kayla, because we saw Nani's frustrations, not yeah. Kayla's frustrations with Jenna. So you could see a scenario in which Kayla says, no, 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 I'll go in with you. So if we both go in, at least then it doesn't seem like we're both throwing it. But we went out together. Something stupid yeah. like that. I thought, I agree with everything you said. But the thing that like really caught my attention was Kayla had a quiet episode. Mm-hmm. The holy we did not, aside from I guess Josh approaching them at the very start, we did not see a scene where the Holy Trinity spoke game. For sure. And yet you see a member of the Holy Trinity, Nani, put her two friends in, and they both lost. No tears, like hugs, but not like big emotional hugs. Nope. It was all that to me says Nani and like I'm sure Nani said to Wes and like to everyone else in the room, listen, my girls want to go home. Mm -hmm. I'm tired of having to like 
talk them back into this every day. Their head's not in in and see what happens. Their head's not in it. And I think it's one of those things where being in the bunker was really depressing. And I think it affected Mm -hmm. people in a different way. And maybe just maybe if it was in a different scenario where, you know, you had the pool lounging going on and all that stuff, it might have been easier to just kind of chill and relax as opposed to being in this bunker. Right. I think that probably made it a little bit different. To where it's like, you know what, I just want to go in and if I win, cool, but if I lose, whatever. And with that mentality, you're going to lose, right? Yeah. As opposed to people who are like, I want to go in and I'm going to win. And I think that's kind of what we saw play out. Now, did they want to go home? I agree with Lucas. I think, yeah, I think they probably wanted to go home. Yeah. Uh, I have to ask you, though, who killed it for you this week? Who killed it in this episode? This is going to be weird. This is going to sound weird, but I'm going to say Rogan. Oh. And it's because I don't normally rep Rogan at all. No. But I just agreed with everything that he did in this episode. And, you know, he's laying low on the drama side publicly, but he was very honest with D in terms of, no, I'm not going to help you do this. (laughs) Right. And he's smart enough to realize if she could do this to Jenny, then she could do it to him. Smart recognition from him. But then also take that information and have it benefit him by going to Jenny, who's a stronger competitor anyways, who you'd probably want to be aligned with, and, you know, flipping that back onto D. It was just a smart play. And then his great one-liners in the middle of the fight, which, as we mentioned, there wasn't much that actually went on in this episode. So his timely lines... We're great and well-received. So I'm going to say that Rogan killed it in this episode, whereas we all know who the LVP would be if we were naming that. But we've gotten that. We've gone through that. I think we're pretty clear who the LVP is. You're right. For sure. But I'm going to say my MVP is Corey. Oh. For a lot of the same reasons that you shouted out Rogan. Mm Mm-hmm. But Corey, he's been winning some daily eliminations. He's a good team player. I've mm-hmm. never seen Corey have his head screwed on so right. Yeah. He's distancing himself from Nelson without upsetting Nelson. He's having great political conversations with, like, DJ Mel. He recognizes that the biggest threat in the house to him and his alliance is Johnny and Wes, but he's not antagonizing them yet, right? Yeah. He's doing a great job of being observant, being competitive, but not getting on anyone's radar. For sure. If Corey won this season, I would not be surprised. Ooh. It's going to be interesting how this plays out. Next week's going to be super interesting, the guy's elimination, for sure. Yeah. Where can people find you on social media? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Shell Alexander, on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. And of course, thanks to the people, as John mentioned earlier, for rocking with us on iTunes and SoundCloud and YouTube. Really appreciate it. You guys tuning in and watching the videos. And, you know, some people might not be aware, but. You can sit now in 2020, as we're all sitting in quarantine and finding new ways to be entertained, but you can sit now in 2020, just 
talk into your remote and say you killed it podcast YouTube and watch us on your TV just like you'd watch any other show and, and that's kind of cool for those of you that like don't actually go to our YouTube channel because of like this quarantine life and the way that we've been able to structure our work schedules you actually get to see us talking like we are rolling video to think so like it's not like you actually get to see our handsome faces how lucky for you. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Hill. And until next week, this was You Killed It. You Killed It.